All right. According to our streaming platform, we are live. So give it a couple of seconds to catch up. But while I do that, I'll introduce myself. For those of you who don't know, I'm B-Dub, co-founder of FBIBasketball.com. And um, we're here to talk about the FBI Locked On Fantasy Basketball World Cup for 2024. Um, we're going to be going over a few different things today. Um, briefly at the beginning, just going to do a quick recap of the structure. Then I'm going to give a few or we're going to give a few tips and tricks uh, just about to, uh, how to make your World Cup drafting experience a bit smoother um, than it might be. Um, and then after that, we're going to get straight into a mock draft. So we've got 12 um, people in the draft. There's myself, there's Karen, uh, Karen Talwa, um, our uh, FBI analyst, and then we've got 10 FBI community members um, who participate in the draft. We've set the draft up exactly the same way that the World Cup Phase 1 is set up. So 11 um, matchups and then uh, the three weeks of playoffs. Um, that will mean that we potentially draft a little bit differently based on getting good um, schedules uh, for, the, for the playoffs. Um, and with eight teams out of every 12 going through the playoffs, we'll go through the go through the, um, the structure in a minute to explain that in a bit more detail. Uh, but that could be important. So um, I'm guessing that there will be a few tips and insights during this live stream that may help all of you out there in the World Cup. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in um, uh, Karan. How you doing, mate? All good. Excited to be here. Absolutely awesome. Um, now, for those of you who don't know, uh, Karan is one of uh, the few people that has won a tournament of this size. So the World Cup is actually, I believe we're in our fourth or fifth year, maybe fourth. Um, and in recent years, we've had the introduction of the, the Lockdown Fantasy Bowl uh, as well, which Karan won the points instance of that last year. Um, Karan, did you find that a piece of cake or was it a difficult thing for you to manage and uh if so why yeah it was it was an experience playing a league of that size um with so many like the battle royale round as well which comes in and then you can't make any wire moves at the time because there's only 12 teams um i think the key takeaway for me was just from the beginning just know your league rules because that that's important just know the structure of the tournament you're playing um, and then when you walk in, obviously with your wire moves, etc., there's there's a large element of luck with that as well, which which you gotta which you gotta take into consideration. Um, in terms of the in terms of the final round, from for me in the points division, it literally came down to the last game with which Orlando versus LA, and I had Austin Reeves, and this is the game he went crazy, and he took me over the top by I think the total points difference was like 19 points over the person who finished who finished second in the points league. So uh, it's it's fun. It's fun, but I think the key focus in the beginning should be know your rules and try to win your own division. Like that, that's what you should care about at the beginning, and then you see what happens later on. So what you're saying is you were lucky. <laughs> a lot of it, I guess. Um, no, just a just a little joke. You, you you literally cannot win a tournament like that just based on pure luck. That is not something that happens. 
All right. Well, uh, before we get into the mock draft, which we're aiming to start um, in around five to ten minutes, um, just a heads up to the guys uh, waiting in the draft room. Um, probably going to pause the clock for the first five minutes while we just go through a couple of things here, hopefully some of which you all find um, handy. What I'm going to do here is just bring up the structure um, of the World Cup. Now, I understand that this screen is not huge uh, and it might be a little bit difficult to see. Um, So I'm just going to talk through it um, as best I can. All right, so first column down the left-hand side, yellow column, uh, basically, that's divisions one to 48, right? So there's 48 divisions in, in the World Cup, each one named after a different place around the world. Um, no rhyme or reason um, to the naming of those places, except that they're all places that I have been to and loved, uh, or there's a few mixed in there that I'd really like to go to. Uh, but the majority of them are places that I, I have been to um, and love. But I did try and get a good mix of places from around the world with a few interesting names in there for anyone that's interested. So 48 divisions and then in each division, there's 12 teams. The reason that we've done it that way is because we want to keep this as standard as possible. So we want to have uh, every single draft to have 12 teams, just like you would in a normal league. Um, and that actually persists all the way through the competition. So we've got our uh, we've got our forty eight divisions, twelve teams per division. You're placed into one of those divisions, and from there you are going to play against every other team in your division. So that's eleven other teams. You're going to play against them once each. So that will be the first eleven weeks of the season, and importantly, that is twenty fourth of October um, through until I believe the eighth of January. I might be a day off there. Uh, might be the seventh of January. But yeah, the 24th of October through to the 8th of January, that is the first portion of the World Cup, the first portion of the first phase. So you play every team once, so everything's totally balanced and fair, um, and all the teams that you play are inside your division. Now, I know that in the West and in the North, it's currently set up showing you playing teams from other divisions. Do not worry. I will change that, that setting as soon as the drafts are finished can't actually change it while the drafts are in progress. So as soon as the drafts are finished before the first game of the season, that'll be changed. You play every team in your division once. So once you've done that, you're going to have a win-loss record. This is uh, based on one point per category. So when I beat um, Karan um, 8-1, I'm going to get eight points. Um, Karan's going to get one point. That's that's kind of how it works. And when Karan beats one of you 8-1, he gets eight points and you'll get one point. And at the end of those 11 matchups, whoever has uh, the highest amount of points, the best win-loss record, they're going to be at the top of the table all the way down to the bottom. And what's going to happen from there is we go into the Phase 1 playoffs. Only the top eight teams from each division will go into the Phase 1 playoffs. Um, So the bottom four teams will be eliminated. And from there, uh, first will play eighth, second will play seventh, third will play sixth, and fourth will play fifth. Uh, That'll be a knockout week. Um, That'll leave us with four teams. Um, Those four teams will play each other in the second week of the playoffs, leaving us with two teams. They will play each other in the last week of the Phase 1 playoffs, which is the week, I believe, 22nd to the 28th of January. Um, That will determine the division champions. 
So the division champion from each division will get $100. And the division runner-up, they will be knocked out, just like everybody else that didn't make it through phase one, but they the runner-up will get $25. From there, we will be left with 48 managers, one manager from each division, and that's when we will embark on phase two. So phase two kicks off on the 29th of January. And the first week of phase two is a redraft. So all the players on your old team uh, will be uh, gone. You will actually join a new instance of the league. And that will be split into four divisions, one per conference, uh, north, east, south, and west. So you will then you'll basically be going into a knockout phase, phase two, with the other division winners from your conference. So again, it's a 12-team draft, 12 managers from your division going through to phase two, um, and that draft will last a week. So typically, the slow draft... Mate, sorry, I, I think may want to pause the draft. Oh, of course I do, yeah. Uh, bear with me a moment. Um, we've got Emma who has... Uh, stop, 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 stop. Uh, cool. We will pause um, the draft and I will just reverse the clock. God, I'll, I have my flow on there, um, but um, let me let me just get straight back into it. Um, all right, so where was I? Thanks for that, um, Karan. Um, that's right, phase two. 12 division winners from each conference go through to phase two, we'll do another redraft, those, re those drafts, the slow drafts that we do to accommodate people from all around the world, they take seven to ten days usually, but we've only allowed seven days, um, so it only takes up one period for the Phase 2 draft. So uh, the picks will have to be a little bit quicker, but basically, um, as it happened um, last year, the people that managed to win the division tend to be pretty switched on and they also tend to pick pretty quickly. So we had no issue with that whatsoever last year. So how does it work from there? You've got 12 teams in your um, in your conference. It is a knockout from there. So week one of phase two, the 12th seed plays the first seed, the 11th seed plays the, uh, the second seed and so on. How does the seeding work? The seeding is literally taken from the win-loss record from phase one. So um, what, uh, what we do is we basically look at all the teams that qualified. We look at their, for phase two, that is, we look at their win-loss record, and then you get seeded within your division. So the team that was the strongest in uh, phase one will play the team that was the, the weakest in, uh, in phase one. And that's, of course, just the division winners. So we actually have two rounds of knockouts in phase two. First round, 12 teams play, it becomes six teams. The second round, six teams play, it becomes three teams. And that is actually the end of phase two because what you are left with is four conferences with three teams each, which you guessed it, is 12 teams. And those 12 teams will be proceeding to the third phase where we will do another redraft and they will also collect an additional $60 each in prize money. So that brings us to phase three where, as I said, there will be 12 teams, three from each conference. Again, they will be seeded based on their win-loss record, this time from their win-loss record in phase two. That one will be a lot closer. 
I will use the phase one records for tiebreakers. So from there, what we're going to have is we've got a bit of an unbalanced um, amount of teams. You can't get down to one winner with 12 teams. That's why we usually have eight um, uh, teams moving through into playoffs. Um, so what's going to happen there is the top four seeds will skip round one and they will go straight into round two, which will leave the bottom eight seeds to duke it out in round one of phase three. Uh, so those eight teams become four and they will play the four teams that proceeded into the second week of phase three. So you basically got eight teams, then it becomes four teams and then it becomes two teams. So if you make it through all the way through to the final, you're guaranteed a big payday. The champion uh, of uh, the World Cup is going to receive $3,200. They also get inducted into the FBI Hall of Fame. They also get to um, get an automatic entry into the World Cup next year. Um, and that actually goes for all the division winners. All the division winners will get invited to the World Cup the following year. And they also actually get invited to something that we uh, basically did for the first time last year, which is the Champions League, uh, which is essentially all the division winners in a league of their own that runs the whole season. Totally optional if you want to play. So far, all the all the, all the uh, division winners have played in that um, last year. And that's a really high level um, fantasy game. But that is an aside. Let's uh, put that to one side. That is the um, that is the roster. Sorry, the schedule. That probably took a little bit longer explaining that than I intended. But just a couple more important notes. And sorry, Karan, I've been talking a lot here, mate. But um, first phase is fourteen weeks. Eleven weeks of gameplay, three weeks of playoffs. Then we have a week off for redrafting. Then we got a one week matchup uh, for the first matchup of phase two. Then the second matchup of phase two is actually two weeks because we've got the all-star break in the middle. Then we take a week off to do the next redraft. And then we've got four weeks of playoffs uh, in phase three, which brings us all the way through to April. Typically speaking, we like to end these leagues a week earlier than this one is ending. Uh, but uh, due to schedule restraints, it will need to end on the 1st of April, which is sort of all right because the league finishes a little bit later this year, around the 15th of April. So we still cut out those two weeks of, uh, of bullshit games at the end. All right, Karan, now that I've, uh, now that I've sort of um, uh, been speaking nonstop for so long, uh, I was wondering if you could throw out a few of your thoughts on the structure uh, and potentially the best way to set yourself up for success. Yeah, I think the the key part is knowing the, the league rules. First of all, this is really important, right? Because I think a lot of us are probably still not the clearest in the rules. So yesterday and today, we've, we've clarified this. So this would be good for everyone to, to jump into to, to their leagues and their divisions. The, the key part for me would be looking at the schedule, right? For phase one, it's until Jan 28th. So we want to make decisions in our drafting, which we'll go through soon, which reflect Jan 28th as the, as the last day. So for example, um, a rookie who we think would, would pop off in, let's say, March, right, in terms of value and in terms of minutes, they may not be as valuable in this phase of drafting because it, by Jan, they may not be providing you value. And that's what you need to look at. And we'll obviously go through a lot more as as uh, as the draft goes on. But yeah, just knowing the schedule is is the biggest one for me. 
Oh yeah, I think that I think you're spot on with that, and we'll see. We'll probably go into that uh, a little bit more in a little bit more detail um, as we're actually doing the mock draft that is coming up. So essentially, after I give a couple of tips on the best way to set up your fan tracks for the best experience, probably about uh, three to five minutes worth of tips. We're going to get straight into the mock, and um, the, the poor guys waiting in there um, uh, can start drafting alongside us. So I'm just going to bring up uh, on the screen here my view of uh, fan tracks, uh, which uh, should appear there right now. Boom, beautiful. All righty. So a um, few things I wanted to just quickly go through. Um, first of all is uh, turning on your notifications. So um, this is really going to save some people from missing their pick uh, because, as we know, um, life does get in the way sometimes and we can forget. Um, what we're going to show you here is a way to put your notifications on and make sure you get a push um, when you when it's your time to pick. So uh, where are we here? Um, expand all? No. Um Hmm. All right. Well, it doesn't give me the option in here uh, to be able to do that. Maybe that's because the draft started. So what I'll quickly do is I'll just flick over to the uh, World Cup. All right. So here we go. Uh, what you want to do is you want to go to um, uh, go to team, then go to notifications and click on that. You're going to get this screen come up. Um, last night when I did the um, randomizations, I told you guys to turn on Draft pick made and your turn to draft. Uh, I've realized that in this particular format, that's not good because you end up getting notified of every pick made across all the divisions. So I keep that one off uh, for this, but you can put it on if you are interested. Uh, but what you want to do is you want your turn to draft. You want to add push and email. So you get pinged on your phone and you get an email when it's your turn to draft. That's the most important one. And I'd also suggest um, putting on on deck to draft because that can just give you um, possibly like an extra uh, little bit of time to maybe think about who you're going to pick, jump into the room because um, uh, it's going to ping you one pick before your draft. Um, and that way we can keep the drafts moving. So turn those on for push and email. So that is the first thing. Um, second thing is people I've noticed, some people are, uh, unfamiliar fan tracks don't know how to change their team name. That one's pretty straightforward. You go to team, you go to settings, right? And then you've got this screen here. Um, and then from there, you can change your team name and your team abbreviation. So uh, it's as simple as, uh, as that. Um, just change the name with the little pencil and then press save. All right. Now we're going to jump back uh, to the draft room here. Um, and this is probably the most important thing for people to be aware of, all right, and that is setting a queue. So I am uh, pick six in this mock draft, um, and uh, and so I'm not really anticipating having Jokic and Bede or Doncic on the board. And um, so what I've done here is I've got Halliburton, I've got oh, – Karan's going to see all my picks here and what I want to do, but that's fine – um, I've got Halliburton, uh, I've got Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and I've got Tatum lined up. That is the order that I want those guys in. But how do I set the queue? 
basically you just click these little um, buttons, the little plus button, not this one over here. That'll that's where, how you draft people, but you click the little plus button like so, and that's going to set your queue. Why is that important? Because if your time runs out, you want the system to take the player from your queue. You don't want them to just take the player um, from uh, from the main um, window over here because actually the way it sorts it is by score. This, that's the default. And once you're a few picks in, you're going to get to you're going to have like a James Harden or even worse a CJ McCollum or a, or a Nikola Vucevic sort of floating up around the top. And if your timer runs out, they're going to you. That's going to be what the system selects for you automatically unless you follow the instructions that we're giving you here, which is which is obviously to, to set a queue. So important that you've got a queue going at all times. And obviously it's also a good way just to sort of, um, you know, uh, sort through um, the myriad of options that you've got here, making sure that you are or just sort of um, filtering out uh, and just placing the guys that you actually want um, in your queue over here. It can actually save you um, um, some time. Um, so you don't have to keep scrolling through the infinite list over and over and over again. So that's the first part of setting a queue, all right? But then the next thing I want to show you is just uh, the draft room option. So you click this little three dots up at the top here. You won't see this commissioner screen, but you will see this general screen. What you want to do is first thing you want to do is select auto draft from queue only. Um, so even if you've got a queue, uh, it's not necessarily going to take it from the queue if you don't have this auto draft from queue only selected. So make sure that is on. Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is um, that something else that you can do is let's say that um, it's a couple of picks away from you um, and you want to go to sleep. You know as well as I do, Murphy's Law, as soon as you hit the hay, close your eyes and go to sleep, those picks are going to come in and then you'll be on the clock and you'll be sleeping. So the way that you can keep the draft room moving uh, is by um, putting yourself on auto draft. And what auto draft is going to do is it's going to, like assuming that you have your auto draft from queue only selected, it's just going to take automatically whoever you've got at the top of the queue. So um, I might be on auto draft when it's um, Karan's pick here. Um, and let's say that Halliburton, Gilgis Alexander and Tatum are all on the board. That's the order I want them in. It doesn't matter what who Quran takes, who the next person takes. Um, it's going to take who whoever's at the top of my queue automatically. And the way that I turn that on is with this button here. Um, and I only ever set it to auto pick one. Um, if you're on the turn, maybe you might do it for two. Um, so I've turned on auto pick and then you'll see here that I am literally on auto pick and it's signified by the green symbol up here um, where your name is. All right. So um, that's how you know you've got auto pick turned on. I don't want auto pick on for this mock draft. Uh, so I am going to turn it off. But it's important that you know how to turn on auto um, draft uh, auto pick because it will um, save you a lot of anxiety um, as you uh, as you as you do these drafts, and not just in this draft, in, in in other ones as well. So, last thing I want to show you guys is a little trick um, that I uh, learned, and assuming I can uh, I can find it here, uh, it's in general. Oh, it doesn't have it in this one. Um, let me just jump back into the into the World Cup draft room again. 
Um, probably going to show off who's in my queue here. Yes, I am. Um, all right, so you go into general, and uh, you see here it says current division. Um, I'm in a Tosha division, but let's say I want to go check in on what's going on in any of the other divisions um, in my conference. I can click that button, uh, and I can go select, say, Amsterdam. I click that, and it's going to show me what's going on in the Amsterdam draft. So that's just a little trick there for you. Um, Karen, do you have anything else um, to add to that, or do you think I covered it off sufficiently? Yeah, I think it's as well covered. I think the, the queue part is very important just in terms of draft etiquette as well. Supposing you're picking two picks later and you know that there's three guys you have top of mind and you're going to sleep, just put those three guys in the order you want and then just put it in auto quick auto pick so that it doesn't then take those six hours away when you wake up and then we're then we're sort of slowing the draft down. Um, yeah, I think setting queues in the most extreme form, you can set a queue of like 50, 60 people if you have projections of yours in your own mind so that you, you just have that at all times. But that's the most extreme one. Um, you could obviously do it closer to your picks as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. That is, that is totally correct. And yeah, I think for me, the main thing there is that, um, no, 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 uh, someone in the, sorry, I'm just, uh, just read one of these um, comments. Only I can view the other draft rooms as an admin. We can't do that. I believe you can. I believe that you can. Um, I believe that you can. But anyways, uh, we've got the wonderful Spazzy McGee in the Discord um, who um, collates um, the different uh, draft picks from the different divisions. And we tend to post them in the Discord um, after every round or so. So um, an alternative to scrolling through them one by one is join our Discord. It's foolish if you're not in there already. Um, join our Discord and you'll get all sorts of little um, tidbits like that throughout the World Cup process that you won't get if you're just in fan tracks. Um, so without further ado, let's get on with the mock draft. Sorry to all the guys in the draft room. We've kept you waiting. Uh, we're going to get started now. So Emma is on the clock. Um, Emma uh, definitely been around in FBI for a number of years, recognise uh, her handles and glad to see her in here um, picking number one. I wonder who she's going to take. Um, and I wonder if she even knows that we're on the clock. She does. And she's taken uh, Nikola Jokic. Any surprises there, um, Karen? No, not at all. In every league across, he, she should be going number one. And uh, you're coming up here at number four as um, Joel Embiid goes at number two. Um, who are you anticipating um, taking with your pick number four here, mate? I'm looking at Halliburton or uh, potentially Luca, but right now Halliburton. Yeah, because I think, yeah, Halliburton or Luca, one of them, and then Shea right after and Tatum right after in terms of the queue. But yeah, and why why have you got Halliburton um, ahead of let's say Shea or or, or, or Tatum? They're very close, right? Like Halliburton, Shea, like in terms of what you think they'll do. I just think that getting that oh, as a, as my pick comes, I'm going to take Halliburton and talk through it. Um, I think just getting that question of, of assists in the beginning, right? We all know how difficult assists are to find. Uh, getting that and then potentially later on trying to get my scoring up because Halliburton in the first round is probably the lowest scorer. Like, of, yeah, he is he's projected to be one of the lowest scorers. So that that's how I'm viewing this. If you go share, there's there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's it's a razor thin margin for me. 
Yeah, well, you, you're totally right there. They both sort of come with their um, their pros and cons. Um, Shay is a lot more balanced across the board um, than uh, many of the other um, options um, inside the first round, except perhaps um, Jokic, who's just a beast, um, and probably the guy who I've taken after him, Jason Tatum. Um, what that means to me is um, you sort of, you're pushing, like if you're planning to punt, um, you take a, a Shea or a Jason Tatum, you can't, it's more difficult to determine in round one which way you should go with the punt. Um, whereas if you take a Halliburton, you've got a couple of clear options on the table. Uh, for instance, you could punt points because he's, you know, he's not sort of a beast when it comes to points. Uh, whereas if you've got a like a Doncic or a, a Giannis, Giannis going at seven, um, Doncic going at three for those listening, um, you've got a much more sort of straightforward um, uh, punt right under your nose, um, typically free throws in those two um, scenarios. Um, we've got Ball um, uh, going at eight. Any thoughts on uh, Ball at eight? And would you take him ahead of the three vets that went in succession straight afterwards, um, Curry, Durant, and um, Dane Lillard. Yeah, for those of those of us who were listening to mine and Noah's podcast a couple of days back on the Central Division, I did say, yes, I would take LaMelo over Steph and, and Durant and Lillard. Maybe not Giannis because I, I feel Giannis's defensive stats are bound. I mean, there's a chance that they come back this year just with the offensive pressure more on Dame now and he can rely on his defense again to win games. Um, so maybe not Giannis, but I think over Steph and Durant for sure. Um, it's close, but I, I would lean, I would lean Lamelo at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, now for anyone that's, um, watching along, uh, on the live stream, you'll see that I flicked over to basketball monster. Uh, not everybody is aware, uh, of what you can do. Uh, as a premium um, basketball monster subscriber. Uh, but this is one of the very neat things that you can do, and that is um, open up their draft tracker. And as you can see here, um, it's basically ranking in real time um, uh, the, the different players in the draft room. So um, as I flick back, the three guys that I had top of my – four guys that I had at the top of my queue have all gone back to back to back. Booker, Edwards, Mitchell, and Trey Young, which is a bit uh, irritating for me. Um, but I love uh, Basketball Monster um, because I can sort of, uh, it really does help you structure your teams much more effectively. I can see here that Tatum's sort of uh, low on turnovers. So I'm going to turn on my turnover punt straight away, which I do for every draft. Regardless, I always draft um, turnovers. But as you can see with Tatum, he's sort of, um, quite good across the board. So no real punt um, uh, presents itself immediately. Uh, whereas if you see with Karan, uh, sorry, Karan, uh, we've got, a, you know, he's, he's like quite low on points compared to the rest of the field uh, and quite low on rebounds. So there's two opportunities um, right there. Okay, so now I'm on the clock. Uh, I have to determine who I'm going to go for here. Um, I, partic I don't particularly like going for the older guys in this second round. I feel like there's too much downside risk. I'm just going to quickly put um, Jaron Jackson Jr. in my queue just in case I am unable to make a decision in time. 
Uh, and I think that is what I'm going to have to go for. Um, Triple J has got, um, you know, decent free throws for a big man, but it's really those blocks that I'm going to lock up early on. Um, I'd love to, I might actually set this up so that, okay, I've taken Triple J there. Um, the other guys that I was considering, uh, but not too ferociously, uh, were basically all these vets. Um, uh, well, not all these vets, but um, some of these vets, um, uh, like a Kyrie Irving um, potentially, um, or others. Uh, but I do believe uh, Kyrie did go before me. So I think JJJ was the right pick there for me. What do you reckon um, as you come into your pick here, um, Karan? Yeah. Yeah, no worries with JJJ at that point. When he was going in the first round, that's when I was like, okay, that's potentially too high. Uh, for me right now, you're right. It's, it's a decision point, right? Like if I want to completely not not punt points, I need to get a scorer at the moment. And this is a very tricky part of the draft. You would have like those Kawhis and Paul Georges and LeBrons of the world at the moment. And that that's where that's what I'm leaning towards as well. I mean, I, I could look at, a, look at a Desmond Bain or someone around that as well, but... I just feel I need to take LeBron right now, even though I know with with the potential of, of injuries at his advanced stage, it is there. Um, but I'll try to make it up with a little bit more uh, sort of safer guys later on in the in the draft. All right. Now, my basketball monster is showing that I've got uh, zero playoff games, um, which says to me that I haven't imported the uh, the settings properly. So this might be a little bit of a sort of a, um, uh, a tutorial on how to set up Basketball Monster. Um, you can see I've got a lot of leagues there. Um, what are we doing? Yeah, now? I think the playoff settings, the start week and end week, we got to enter that manually. Um, right at the bottom. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, start week. There we go. So that's interesting that you bring that up, right? One, I had Mikhail Bridges that I was considering, Mikhail Bridges as I was considering as well. But sometimes if if playoff schedule can be a tiebreaker. So what I noticed was that Bridges has a one-game week in our playoffs, right? So that is something, and that's the first week itself, right? The first week, Brooklyn has one game. Um, and that, to me, was was a tiebreaker that that made me, okay, now I could, I could take someone else because their schedule is, is slightly better. But I would not use a playoff schedule as the predominant uh, – decision maker it should be a tiebreaker or something when two guys are close and you're you're not able to decide yeah well um frankly uh, i reckon that's probably the tip of the podcast so far uh brooklyn teams having a one game week in the playoffs uh i actually genuinely think in this format um i would i would i will be taking uh that into account absolutely uh and avoiding brooklyn players because um, yeah, having a one week, particularly at the top of the draft, because having a having a one week uh, game from one of your top two guys um, in the playoffs, that's a recipe for failure, um, in my point, uh, from my point of view. Now, um, just rolling through these subsequent picks, um, Jimmy Harden um, going uh, at pick twenty, and then you follow that up with LBJ at pick twenty one. So let's talk about it. Um, First of all, you seem to uh, be a big fan of Harden uh, in the uh, sorry of James um, LeBron James in the second round here. Whereas in all the FBI data um, that I've accumulated um, through our draft only leagues, he's going sort of uh, late third round. Um, so what's I reckon you could have got him with your third pick here. What was your rationale for taking him in the second round? 
for this draft, as I come up on my pick and my queue is getting wiped, I did want Towns and, and Butler. Bridges is gone now. Um, so my, my rationale was the points, like the points boost he gives. You know, I mean, that that's something which which twisted it or, or, or put it in his favor at the moment. But yeah, I feel like maybe I could have got him on, on the way back as well. But right now, as I think through this, I think I've got a take... I know, I know you're not going to potentially like this, but I need to do it. Take your- <laughs> Thank you, my my guy. <laughs> I know you've taken. I can't see the screen, but I'm I'm betting you took Desmond Bain, did you? If you were if you bet that, you would have made some cash. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Uh, appreciate that. And that he would have been pretty damn high on Good. my list there. Um, yeah, so I'm actually – am I on the clock yet? No, not quite. Um, yeah, Desi Bain, love that pick there. Pick 28, no less. Um, he is uh, – Josh Lloyd's got him uh, about 32. I did a podcast. Oh, motherfucker, big girls don't Kawhi. Taking – there's my two top of my queue picks just gone in quick succession there. Um all right, I'm going to do my pick and then I'll come back to my analysis. But let's just, um, I'll talk you through what I'm doing. I'm looking like punt assists or I've got to get uh, a big assists guy here. Um, all right, so don't love these guys uh, at the top of the board. Um, too early to take Jordan Poole. Um, I've got 18 seconds left. Don't really want to take Kawhi here. Um, don't love the options that I've got. Uh, it's going to have to be Garland, I think. Um, oh, okay. Auto-drafted Garland anyway. So there you go. Um, get my assists up. Was thinking of a punt assist build. That probably would have been smart for me to do there. Kawhi goes next. Um, so maybe it wasn't too early to take him. Um yeah, Kawhi, uh, so I was looking at a punt assist build there because my assists um, are sort of lagging behind um, the other uh, the other categories for me there. So punt assists would have been really interesting. But then when I plug in a punt uh, assists build into Basketball Monster, um, the guys at the top of the queue were the likes of Kawhi Leonard, uh, Paul George, um, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, um, all guys that I'm not really comfortable taking in the third round. Um, so I had to make a call and decide to uh, pivot away from um, that thought, that train of thought of punting assists, um, and which meant that I really needed to get some assists onto my team in a hurry. Um, and Garland was um, right up the top there, um, giving me um, a good amount of assists per game. Um, so that's that's where I went, and I'm glad that uh, that's how my auto draft went because I did not have a queue. So um, that means for me that my build is going to be um, sort of more on the balanced side, which mm. I actually don't mind um, in a really competitive league. It's sort of like if you're oh that's really dropped me down the um that's really dropped me down the ranks there um i i don't really mind going for a competitive build uh sorry a balanced build in these competitive drafts and the reason is that uh, when you're drafting with inexperienced players 
you can really kill them with a good punt. Mm. Um, absolutely dominate them. But then on the flip side of that, uh, when everybody else uh, is punting, um, you can actually go the other direction and um, and, uh, and and have a balanced build, and that can actually give you quite a bit of success as well. Have you had any uh, experience, or do you have any thoughts on on that sort of approach? Absolutely, right. I I know like a, a lot of us in this space lean into punt builds, right? I think punt assist this year is good. Punt steals, I've seen some good teams come out of that as well. But for me as well, my style is just, it's, it's about your own drafting style as well, right? I do like a balanced team as an approach because then, as you said, that unless you're really, really good on in five or six categories, pulling off a punt is very hard in competitive leagues, right? It's easier in auction leagues, but we're not, we're not doing auction leagues at the moment. We're doing snake drafts. So for me, I, I, w- I would look at balanced teams as much as I can with the potential like a hard punt or maybe like a turnovers or something like that, then, then you're all right. And, and then it gives you a lot more options on the wire as well, because then if, you, if you're at average level on points but the, and, the, and you need some points coming in in a week, you can just stream that in. Another week, because your team is average in rebounds as well, you may need a little bit more rebounds. You stream that in. Gives you a lot more options as well in that sense. So I'm all for balanced builds as, um, as, as going forward. Yeah, I I I um I tend to agree. I I can see a lot of uh benefit in that approach. Now let's just take a look at some of these other teams because these guys are drafting pretty damn well. I think. Mm. Um. So what's the, what's a couple of teams that stand out for me? Um. All right. So. All right. Let's take a look at Booker twenty three. He just um, took his fourth pick, Aiton. So that's the highest mm. I've seen Aiton go all season at thirty nine. Uh, I was actually routinely getting him in the 60s um, up until obviously today. Um, I was obviously with the trade to Portland expecting him to go earlier in this draft, but I did kind of think I'd be able to get him um, in with this fourth pick here. Um, and I thought potentially he might even slide to the fifth pick, uh, but that has not happened. Um, so I like, um, I like that pick from Booker. I uh, like his first pick with KD there. He's followed up with uh, Mitchell, nice high-scoring team, quite balanced. Bit of a risk with Paul George. Um, I don't know how much I love that with KD. Uh, I just don't know how much I love Paul George in, in general, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, that's that's an interesting build there. Anything on the board there that you want to sort of run through while um, Jordan Poole goes off the off the board at my end? Well, I, I, did, I, I was looking at Jordan Poole in this round, so... Tropics yes, if you're watching. Right. Thank you. Um, like you'll go for me. Uh, I think uh, Emma's team as well. Um, I think she's, she's. I mean, it's early, but she's potentially looking at a, a decent balanced build outside of uh, maybe points because Jokic is, again, he's, he's a decent scorer, but he's not one of the highest scorers in the in, the, in round one. And then you, you, you sort of pair that with Van Fleet and, and Downs. The scoring is something which which she she may f- struggle to find later on. So, but I do like the rest of it. And punt points is a decent build as well um, that you can build around this year. Because a lot of the guys who go in punt points uh, builds, like people aren't really looking at them. For example, like Draymond really goes high in that build, and no one's like really looking into coming into a draft and saying I'm going to draft Draymond. I mean, no, he has that injury as well at the moment, evidently. But yeah, that's where you can get a lot of value in those picks in a punt points uh, situation. All right. Well, I just autoed um, Darren Fox, who I didn't want, 
uh, there's a lesson for everybody who about setting a queue. Uh, I did want Jamal Murray and I did, because this is a mock draft, uh, take the liberty of undoing that pick and adding Murray to my team. Um, so I've taken Murray with my fourth pick. So how's that for an interesting um, uh, change in direction? Um, after my first two picks, I thought I was going to do a punt assist build. Um, I was sort of uh, corralled into taking Garland with my third pick. And I've since um, uh, sort of backed that up with um, another assist guy, uh, Jamal Murray, who I think is going to have uh, a very nice season for Denver. They didn't really do much with their um, off-season uh, in terms of adding extra talent. So they're going to have to roll through the season uh, with the talent that they already have on their roster um, and that, uh, and without Bruce Brown. Um, and I think Jamal Murray, he sort of got injured um, the season before last and didn't really look like peak Jamal Murray until the playoffs last year where he absolutely cooked. I think he's going to take that through into the regular season. Uh, he's have a completely healthy off-season and hit the ground running come um, come October. Um, who did you take with your next pick and why, mate? I took Zach Levine. Um, I think there's about five to six spots of, of value where I got him. I think at 45, I think he can be a top 36, 38 player um, in terms of in this setting. I did have Mobley in mind as well. I did have Jamal Murray in my queue as well. I absolutely agree. I think it could be... Uh, a borderline all-star season for him, just given the lack of depth in that team, him and the rest of the guys, they really need to step up. Um, and you could potentially, there's a few other guys which have not been drafted yet, you know, like the, the, that that may see a, um, an increase in, in, in their usage and points as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that pick. I do also like uh, Mobley that like, like Bear just took. He was in my queue as well. I think that's a good spot for him. Um, I like I like Zion as well. I feel like at that stage at like 47, 48, where where, uh, where big girls on Kawhi got him, that's 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 good. He could return that value, especially if they're looking at a right punt build. So we have a flurry of good picks. This this draft room does tend to have people who know what they're doing. Yeah, it's uh it's sort of annoying because uh people keep taking yeah. the guys that um you want to draft. Uh, Mobley, um, there at pick 46 is really great value, I think. Um, and then Foxy at 47, I think, is is also good. Um, a lot of blocks and steals coming off the board at the moment. Two places that I really need to um, uh, lift my game. I uh, realize that I'm sort of live streaming my um, queue here, so um could uh lead to um curveballs coming my way um i don't know whether i'm going to be able to leave this guy that i'm pretty interested in jalen williams till until the next round uh i might not lie he might not last that long Uh, i really need some steals and he's gonna provide me with elite steals um Mm, basketball monsters got him uh, fairly down the board here. I tend to be a bit more bullish on him mm. uh, than that. Um, sort of need a big man too. That's not going to kill my field goal percentage. I'm on the clock here. I can see um, someone's punting uh, free throw percentage over there. I can see. All right. So what have I got? 
Claxton all the way up the top here. Uh, got my turnover punt on. Uh, he would really strengthen my boards. Um, uh, definitely do need someone who's going to give me steals. I'm not going to take Chris Paul or Ben Simmons or Marcus Smart. I think it is going to be Jalen Williams here, and it is going to completely cook me. Um, the other guy that I'm pretty interested in is Josh Giddy. Um, mm. But mm, all right, so oh no, all right, pause. Sorry, guys. Karan, <laughs> uh, if you want to, if you get caught up uh, talking and you yep. uh, uh, need me to pause, just sing out because it is difficult yes, to do it properly um, while you're talking and. Um, Absolutely. And so Jalen Williams yeah. there, me, and then uh, Whale529. You can take Giddy if you want. He did. All right. Well, Whale uh. is going to be happy <laughs> with that. Um, and let's see if Tropics takes um, if Claxton. He takes, uh, Claxton and just com completes. The and that is, that is that is that. I mean, if Tropics is again listening after they took pool away from us, uh, Claxton at fifty six. I feel like that's probably the the latest I've seen him go in in all the draft onlys we've done and all the the mocks we've done. He's usually going <laughs> easily. He does. He he heard me. He's easily easily going in in, in the top forty five uh, that I've seen at least. I know his ADP says fifty, but I feel like in more competitive leagues he's going earlier. So um, that's I considered him in my pick as well. Um, and I yeah, with Jalen Williams, look, I mean, his uh, he is he is a strong like he is a winning player, and they need him to to be there um, in in that team. And uh, he's he's one of the better defenders as well. He's going to play minutes. Uh, with Chet there, there's there's a few considerations you can think of, right? With Chet being there, does he? Gamble more for steals now because he knows he has that backline of support waiting to help. Or does he take a little bit more of a balanced approach now that okay now there is Chet, so now we go in and we be a little bit more balanced in, in our defense. So that is that that's that's something to watch in the preseason is the schemes that uh, that the coach runs there. Yeah, absolutely. I am really lacking behind on rebounds, blocks, and field goal percentage in my quote unquote balanced build. My uh, sorry, field goal percentage. My free throws are pretty good, um, so I feel like I'm going to have to take a center um, coming up here, uh, and it's going to have to be one um, um, that's got decent blocks. Um, definitely not going to be a Brook Lopez. Um, it's not going to be. <laughs> You're before me. Who are you thinking there. about? <laughs> um, I was thinking about um, Sengun, but I'm guessing he's gone. Uh, yes, he is because he's disappeared from my tracker. Um, Jared Allen might be a good option here for me. Um, I uh, I think he's – look, even we've got a, a bus candidate. Um, I think people are a bit down on him, uh, potentially erroneously. I think there's a reasonable chance that he gets traded. Um, I think there's a reasonable chance that he gets traded um, during the season um, and he could find himself back on a team like, um, uh, well, he could find himself on uh, one of many teams, maybe, uh, look, the th first three teams that came to mind all were inappropriate. I was thinking Brooklyn, Utah or Charlotte, but they're all sorted at the big man position. Um, then I thought of Trailblazers and they are also sorted at the big man position. 
Uh, but he could find himself on a team where he he could actually be the starting centre and get a lot of minutes. Um, but even still, he's not. Uh, I think he's still going to block shots. He's still going to get decent run. Um, uh, he had a bit of a down season last year. I just don't think. I don't think it's going to be as bad as all that for for Jared Allen this year. But let's see if I can get him uh, at pick. Uh, what is it going to be? Sixty seven. Uh, I think that'd be a fine spot for 68. I think that'd be a fine spot for him. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, he can't go to a spot where his situation's way worse. Like, similar to another center, which when he comes off the board, we'll talk about, like, if he gets traded as well. Okay, I'll just say it's Capella, right? If Capella gets moved later on, like, I don't, like, I know there's talks of Mavs, etc., but now they want to see what they have with Lively, which is fine, which is good. But in terms of if these two guys get moved somewhere, they're still going to be starting centers. Like, I don't see them going for a backup role to a team that, that trades for them for a backup role. So, I'm, I'm with you on, on Jared Allen and, and then later potentially Clint Capella as well. As Jared Allen just gets taken by Jay, so obviously they're they're listening and they're <laughs> happy to move accordingly. Well, the usually the live stream's like 30 seconds behind. Um, so yeah, it is quite possible that they, they are hearing what we're saying and then drafting accordingly, but I think more probably, uh, they're drafting the dudes that fit their builds, um, and not paying too much attention, um, to what we're saying, unless, uh, unless they're looking to be smart asses, which, um, I'm not sensing that, um, from these guys at the moment. Now that's putting me in a position that, uh, makes me uncomfortable, uh, which is pretty classic uh, for these types of competitive drafts. Now, I've got someone in mind. I've got one guy. Okay. All right. So I think I'm going to have to take the plunge here and um, take Vuk. Uh, Vuk obviously has uh, well outperformed um, this ADP um, in seasons past. Um, he's not going to give me what I want in terms of uh, blocks. Uh, but he is going to give me some uh, field goal percentage. The other direction I could go in is I could just completely, uh, I could just completely um, move away from field goal percentage, um, and then take someone like an Anthony Simons here. Um, maybe a fraction too early um, to do that. Look at that, gone from being bottom uh, to being all the way up at the top basketball monster. Um, all right. All right. I think I'm going to take Vuk. I have taken Vuk. And then Simons goes off the board straight after. So they were oh. the two guys I was deciding between. I'm happy with Vuk there. Not going to rewind the clock. Um, that's 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 sort of who I had in the front of my, yeah. my mind there. Um, but that's interesting. I've gotten up the top of the projected standings um, with really poor rebounds versus the rest of the field. That's the summary versus drafted. What I really could have done there is lent into that and uh, and then gone with a hard rebound punt for the rest of um, this draft. But instead, I took Nikola Vucevic um, and um, that's going to sort of take that option away from me. Brings my field goals, uh, sorry, my rebounds back into a reasonable place. Um, that's probably going to drop me down the board um, quite a lot, though. But, you know, I sort of started off this uh, mock talking about building a balanced team. 
And because I really haven't uh, chosen a punt and embraced it, that's really where I am going to end up, I think, with a with a quite a well-balanced team. And what that means is going to need to get my blocks and my field goals up further. So I think I need to take another big man very soon. And meanwhile, while I do that, uh, my assists and my threes are starting to drop off too. So uh, blocks and field goal or assists and threes with my next pick. Um, I see you took... Mark Williams um, with uh, with the 70th overall pick, mate. That's um, that's quite high for Marky. You were a bit afraid that he wasn't coming back to you, I imagine. Oh, and there goes a comment. Yes. Yes, because I, I, I was looking at Vooch as well at that level. I'm fine with him. You know, I may not go earlier on. And then that went. And then Simons went, who I was looking at as well. Allen again in that round went. So Biggs get, again, then I was faced with a similar decision that, that you had. Either I completely punt rebounds and then go for a different build, or I try to salvage it a little bit and build out a balanced team because I have that cushion in points right now. Like, I think I'm by far and beyond, maybe like second highest in terms of points projections at the moment. So that's how where I lent into uh, to Mark Williams. And I feel like if he gets those 30 minutes, he I think he can return top 60, top 65. So potentially can beat this. Um, yeah, and, and now Kongu also goes again by Emma. Great, great pick there, which is someone I was hoping would come back to me, which obviously has not. Um, and then Chris Paul there as well. Again, see the punt points bill. Chris Paul is so good for that bill. Like if, if she is indeed punting points, which looks like she is. So Chris Paul, I mean, easily could give you seven, eight assists. It's not going to surprise anyone uh, with, with the steal and a half. And that is that is extremely valuable at that point. Oh, there goes yeah. an interesting one. What do you think of Scoot there? Oh, Scoot just went off the board. Yeah, look, with um, with Dame and with uh, with Dame out of town, with uh, with Drew now out of town, um, I think he can achieve that value, but his field goal is going to be a problem. Um, so probably a bit high for me. But if I look at this team, you've got Embiid, Pirtle and Kessler. So realistically, you can absorb that field goal percentage. And uh, I can see here he's got like big, 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 and then big assist guys here, just the one wing. Um, so that that can work. Who are you thinking here with um, with this pick? I'm looking at Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, all right. Um, yeah, I think Who? he has scope to... To, to get this, uh, to get this, um, where he's drafted and this value back, and maybe some more spots as well, in terms of scoring, in terms of threes, um, he does give you decent rebounds as well. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm okay with him at this stage. I was considering another big man um, at this point as well, but but then I just ended up taking uh, Johnson at this point. All right, now I just realised I had things on as, my custom ranks, not on the BBM ranks. Uh, assists and steals and points. Maybe you... All right. Let me know when I'm on the board. I'm on the board here. All right. I'm going to pause for a second. Um, you are. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to pause for a second while I have a quick look. Not too long. Um, all right. So who have we got on the board here? Um, we have got, and this isn't fair to everyone else in the draft, but we are making this for a podcast and not uh, for a competition. So... I will take the liberty here and also explain what I'm doing. So um, you can see uh, in this um, category, in this column, in this uh, row here, um, this is the this is sort of how I'm going uh, versus all the 
let's say the top 165 players, the players that are likely to be drafted. Um, so that's that's sort of how I'm going. But this is more important, this summary versus draft. This is how I'm going against everyone else in the draft room. So um, my rebounds are a bit down. Uh, my assists are a bit down. My steals are okay. Um, my points are starting to drop off precipitously. Um, they were really strong previously, but they've, they've certainly sort of dropped back a bit now. Um, so I really need to get like either points and assists and steals or I need to go for rebounds, uh, blocks and, and field goal percentage. If I'm going to pursue this, um, uh, I guess this punt uh, strategy, uh, sorry, this balance strategy uh, might behoove me to get the rebounds, blocks and steals. But the other thing I'm going to look at is Emma and Tropics who are above me and even you yourself who are below me. Um, how am I doing against you guys? It looks like assists is the area that I really need the most help with and steals. It's going to put me in a better position against you guys. And they also, um, particularly assists, uh, something that can be difficult to get later on in drafts. So I come down here, um, assists and steals, Marcus Smart, but he's not going to give me much in the way of points. Jeremy Grant's going to give me some points, but he's not going to give me any assists or steals or not many. Maybe a Terry Rosier here could be interesting from a purely uh, from a pure build perspective. Don't really love him this year. Um, probably more inclined to take a Miles Bridges uh, around this point. Uh, I think there's significant upside in what he can do versus what's projected here. Um, and then Austin Reeves is someone else that um, I believe is going to get me a decent amount of points and assists um, while not hurting me overly in the other categories. So Reeves, uh, we've got uh, Miles Bridges. Um, right, and then the other thing I like to do here is just flick over to uh, Kyle's projections, have a look what he's um, doing. He's got Terry uh significantly higher um than josh does um that might be a bit too much to pass up his field goal percentage should go up this year um hmm, all right it's going to be reeves it's going to be or oh, terry rosier uh personally um let me find uh terry here let me find got Reeves, Aussie Reeves. Um, let me have a look at my positions. I'm pretty good at all the positions. Mm. All right, I think I'm going to take. Uh, I think I'm going to take Aussie here. Um, am I? Yeah, I am. All right. Nice. I did have him um, in, in my consideration as well with Cam and. I feel like uh, that's that's a great spot to get him. He's at what you got him at about 78, 79. Um, he could he could return 15 spots of value on that. And then if you bake in the time that we expect Davis and LeBron to miss, um, and then then he it's him and, and D'Angelo Russell and then coming in and then his usage goes up. So I think he beats this pretty comfortably. So oh, that's interesting, Morant. Yeah, I've just paused it there and just to ask if if he intended that. Um, I'll, I might just undo it and see if he just retakes him. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll, we'll just see if he takes him again. Um, and uh, give it a give it a few seconds and then I'll, uh, I'll explain why I thought that might be a mistake. So Jar Morant... Um, 
I think would be totally fine value uh, here um, ordinarily. Yep, he's taken him again. But the reason that I wouldn't particularly take him here in, um, in, in this format is because the finals are the 8th of January uh, through until the, um, the end of January. And Jar's suspended for the first 25 games of the season, uh, which is roughly going to be uh, around the first two, two and a half months or so. So that's going to take you basically all the way through to the end of December. So at best, what you're getting with Jar Morant in this format, in the World Cup format, is you've got someone to plug and play for the playoffs. So if you think that you can make to the playoffs uh, with the squad that you've built, um, then taking Jar Morant here, stashing him in your IR could make a bit of sense. But this would put him down like on a on a um, on a per game basis, totally fine. But on a on a total games basis, because the season finishes so early, uh, Jar Morant's going to be a, a massive um, like sort of hole. Uh, in what you're doing. So who was that um, that took it? It was Whale. Let's see what Basketball Monster reckons. All right, yeah, Jar. Uh, yeah, very, very, very detrimental um, to your build. Um, any thoughts there or just uh, concur across the board there, mate? Yeah, I concur. I mean, if he was to get him like two two rounds later, maybe, yeah, then it's it's worth it, but not as your... Maybe it, I mean, not as your seventh player, um, but yeah, that that's that's how I would look at it as well. Just because he's only going to give you about three weeks of value, maybe four weeks of value, and you may not even be in a good spot because you got to eat those zeros until then. All right, Terry's still on the board. Um, who else we got? Bridges, who I liked. Uh, Jabari's going to have a good season. It'd be interesting um, to see where Derek White goes after the trade. Like, yeah, people, people are obviously spooked because, uh, frankly, he would have gone by now. Um, yes, uh, he yeah, would have. In, in most drafts. I bet he's going to go in the next few picks. I feel pretty good about that. Um, I'm just getting a few people into my queue um, uh, just so I can avoid having to – oops, to, to – um, uh, to uh, to pause the draft room while I crap on. Um, all right, who else? Who else is interesting around this area? Um, what if? So tell me about the the build of your team, mate. How, what what's it looking like for you? Yeah, I think I am short on rebounds um, and blocks. Everything else is about balanced. Really good at threes. Uh, free throws are good as well. Um, turnovers. I was disregarding them, but turns out that they're okay. That's another thing to keep in mind when you're doing these drafts, right? Like if you don't pay that much attention to turnovers, sometimes you'll still end up getting a team which is decent in turnovers because that's just the category. High usage players are going to have turnovers. Um, I think, yeah, I just have, I got to take a call at my next pick. Like do I completely shun off rebounds and blocks? And then I have that one central eligible player, which is Mark Williams. And then I just go for small uh, overall. Or do I feel like there's some big, big value left Um Bigs value left it at, at, at my point in the draft that I can still salvage some of that to make it balanced. So that'll be the decision point when I come up in five picks. Yeah. And I can see that I've slipped below you on, on totals. So it looks like maybe rebounds and blocks for you um, going out the window here. 
Yeah, sure. It could be depending on the who's available. Oh, Keegan Murray. Well, what yeah, do you Keegan what do you Murray, think of Keegan early. at that spot? And that's um, with Tyus Jones um, going to Jay um, directly before. Um, so uh, Jay's definitely going in a sort of a non-consensual. Hmm, that doesn't sound right. Uh, he's going in a way that <laughs> is against the consensus uh, of uh, the sort of the broader community with a few of those picks there. Um, what do you think about his squad so far? Let's have a let's have a crack. I think yeah. I mean, I, Keegan, yeah, potentially it, it is it is a few rounds. But in terms of Tyus Jones, it's interesting because I actually think that his brother has a has a better pathway to beating that value than Tyus does. Just just given the situation that Trey is in in uh, as being predominantly the only guard on that roster. I mean, I know they can play Sohan and they can they can mix it up a little bit, but he's a, the number one. He's the point guard there, right? Versus with Tyus, I feel like Kuzma, Kuzma's playmaking chops came up last year as well. He's going to handle the ball some. Obviously, there's Poole there. There is DeLon right there as well in case people sort of forgot about him. So, I feel like a Trey could beat Tyus this, uh, this year, but will be close. Um, and I think in terms of overall for Jay, like the team that they're building, they're really strong in free throws and they, they have all the assists that you wanted. Um, yeah, but in terms of how they fill out the rest of, rest of the squad would be interesting. Well, I really needed a big guy there um, to bolster up my field goal percentage and put a bit more on my blocks. Um, but in my last pick, I was tossing up between Austin Reeves and Terry Rozier. And uh, Terry Rosier has made it around back to me, uh, which is a bit of a serendipitous um, 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 situation to be in, where the guy that you were choosing between in the last round turns out he's still available. Um, I was looking really closely at Wendell Carter there as well, uh, but I felt that Terry's combo of points, assists, um, and steals was a bit too good to um, to give up there. Awesome. Allowed that one to, to go through. Um, so I've added Terry Rosier to my group uh, and now I'm sort of firmly in the middle there with Emma is really dominating the draft here, isn't she? She is. I mean, that that is that punt point steam, right? Like, on, on Anobi, so much of value there with Chris Paul as well as we were talking about earlier, or Kongu as well. Even if he's not traded, even if Capella is not traded, like it'll be interesting to see what she does here in a punt points bill right now. I have, yeah, I would have like she has to start looking at Ben Simmons at some point. I reckon Draymond at some point as well. Um, oh, she if she's taking Simmons with this next pick, surely she's taking Simmons. Let's see, let's see. Emma, are you going to take Simmons or Draymond? Derek White's gone off the board uh, with the 95th pick. Wow, that's that's 20, 25 slots he's, he's, um, he's dropped back. Oh, Robbie Williams on Portland. That could be interesting. Could be very interesting. interesting. Um, I you think they're going to play him at the four? Eh? No. You think they're going to play him at the four? No, I can't really see a combination of Williams and Aiden at all, honestly. Like I I heard um, I was listening to um, the Dunk Don guys, Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue this morning, and they sort of hypothesized that maybe there could be some two big lineups, but I don't really see it. Although, you know, it'll screw their spacing. But um, aside from that, 
Um, you know, look, I, I think it could work um, in small stints because you know you'd you'd be you'd be clogging up the you know the key uh, and the, and the paint, um, but you'd have shooters all around them. So like shoot, uh, scoot, sorry, um, Simons and. Um, quite likely um, um, sharp as well. So could be interesting offensively. Yeah, I think it'd be, it'd be an odd lineup, but I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll get some minutes in there at some point. Um, all right, Bridges goes off the board at a hundred. I like that. I think um, I think Miles um, could really outperform um, that. I think if you go back the season before last, he was top ten guy down the stretch. So um, depending what he's done in the last year, aside going to court, um, he could really be interesting there. All right, you've taken Benny Simmons. I was going to do it if you didn't. Um, and now yeah. I really need to think I, about... I wanted Gafford. I, I was I was looking at Gafford. I was looking at Bridges as well. I know you and I both... I was looking at Bridges in the last round. So to get him in, at pick 100, um, I, I reckon it's, it's good value, even if he misses the first 10 games. Um, Gafford, yeah, I feel like people are spooked at the moment because uh, of his elbow injury. But if it's if it's even the timeline is four weeks, right? That that's the high end of the timeline. That's still that's still only one week of the regular season that he's he's missing. And if you're able to get him at that hundred spot, he could easily deliver 20, 30 spots of value there. So I like that pick as well. I do like Zach Collins as well, which big girl. Yeah, that's it. I was literally um, about to take him. Um, so that's just really. Uh, throwing a spanner in the works for me. Um, I that is that is not not good, mate. Why did you do that? Um, oh, all right. All right. Well, I was talking to Noah the other day, and I'm going to do something mm. that I normally, which I've actually never done before, which is take Wiggins. Uh, but Noah on his podcast. Uh, whoops. Pause. Sorry, guys. It's not who I meant to take there. Uh, um, Wiggins. So, yeah, sorry to interrupt there. Um, <clears throat> uh, Noah on his podcast, his FBI podcast, Tank Me Later, um, sort of talked me into Wiggins a little bit the other day. Not, um, I mean, around this area. He was talking about it a little bit earlier in this, but... He said that um, last year Wiggins sort of uh, started off the season like he'd he'd sort of had an epiphany about the way that he should be playing basketball. Uh, And uh, what I mean by that is he said that he decided to focus on his defence and his rebounding and he really came out the gate strong doing both of those things. Uh, And that then he had those two interruptions to the season, uh, an injury and then some personal issues, and that sort of um, got him off track. But he was sort of talking about how um, he sort of expected Wiggins to sort of uh, refine um, that mentality coming into this season. Um, and with his stat set, my, my free throw percentage is really super duper strong. So I can absorb his yeah. crappy free throws. Uh, and he's going to give me points, which I desperately need, boards, which I desperately need, and some defensive stats, which I desperately need. So that's a bit of a pick for what I needed on the team. Uh, rather than necessarily a player that I'm overly in love with. As Jalen Green goes off the board there at 107, love that. How about you, mate? 
Yeah, and that, Jalen Green, right? We spoke about scoring and that being a little difficult to find later on in the draft. And this is a guy who, if he averages 24 points or 25 even, right? Even with Van Fleet there, it wouldn't surprise anyone, right? It, it's the question with him is always what else is he doing, right? How much of his percentages can take a jump? And we see this, right, with guards in their early years, second, third, fourth years. They do have a, a tendency to pick up their percentages. Look at Darius Garland from years back. His rookie year, his percentages were not great. Then he picked them up, right? We saw Anthony Edwards as well improve his percentages last year. So if Jalen Green improves his percentages this year and potentially maybe a little bit of secondary playmaking as well on that starting lineup after Van Fleet, um, he could he could return this value. So I, I do like that pick um, that 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 Booker is taken. And with you on Wiggins as well, like Noah sort of convinced me a little bit on that side as well, that last year was potentially where we're looking at Wiggins, like he could he could go up from there, especially now with the news that Draymond's going to be out as well for the first, I think, four to six weeks. So the first few weeks, you get a potential bump there as well. Um, and their forward depth is actually is actually not that great. It's got Kaminga at the back, but it's, it's not that deep on, on forwards as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I see. I, I like that Wiggins pick. Right. Um, I was just looking at Nurkic. He's gone off the board. Um, starting centre in Phoenix. Wouldn't I think it's fine to take him here at 100, uh, 110. Um, but I wouldn't be supply, surprised if it's more of a sort of like a time split with Eubanks. Um, and I'm not really expecting him to be healthy, like fully healthy for the whole season. I think um, D'Angelo Russell there is a nice pick. Um uh, followed by Stephen Adams, slightly high for me for Adams. I think you could have got him uh, a round or two later, but I guess you're picking by the turn. Um, Walter there, you needed some boards. Um, so um, Steve-O's probably fine around there. Tobias, not going to give you a lot of upside, but at 112, totally cool. Um, we've got a bit of a question here from Clarence. Um, uh, Anthony Simons, he's getting the keys this year, right? So there's talks of uh, Jake Fisher's podcast came out and I tweeted about this as well. Uh, he, there's talks that they're looking at giving, like he's going to be the first option there, along with I think Jeremy Grant's going to be there as well. So could he average like 24, 25 points? It is just like I was talking about with Jalen Green. It's entirely in the realms of possibility. But one of the, the key elements to keep in mind is that Scoot is still there as a primary ball handler. So I don't know how much his assists are going to come up to the levels that they were with no Dame. But in terms of from a scoring standpoint, from a three standpoint, from a free throw percentage standpoint, um, yes, he is he is going to deliver some value and could easily have a top 50 finish, uh, top 55 finish um, in 8K. All right, this is, this is where I normally go for upside flyers, but I am absolutely... Um, I'm absolutely in need of big man stats here, like desperately. Um, it My team could be really, really good here if I could have some quality big man stats. Uh, I've left my run on the big men too late. They all went very, very early in this draft. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not going to take... Uh, Valentunas was the guy that I was sort of eyeballing. Uh not going to take, um, not going to take him because he's obviously off the board. I'm not going to take a big man at all because I know Shaden Sharp isn't coming back to me if I don't take him here, and uh, I really think he's going to smash this ADP. Absolutely annihilate it is my guess. You had to do it, didn't you? He was top of my queue. <laughs> I was hoping that I get him. Ah, uh, okay. Now, now we have to reset a little bit. <laughs> I'm so shattered. 
<laughs> we, I really did want him. All right, now I, I think I, I gotta have a crack now at one of the Thompsons, man. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Right? Which one? Which one are you going What's, for? You think? Look, I think um, Osar has a. Just given again, keeping in mind the stand, the league settings for this is until January. I think until January, Asar Thompson probably delivers more value. Maybe after that is when they realize that a man has to play 30 minutes somehow and then he delivers value. So for just keeping in mind the league settings, I would go Asar. Maybe in, 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 a, in a full full uh, year setting, then I would potentially go a man who just goes the next pick, which is which is fine. But they're, they're both quite close for me. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I was hiding Asar on my queue. Um, down here, he was going to be my next pick. You were hiding uh, sharp as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely was. Something else I want to call out here is, yeah, I really did want Asar. So you, I snipe you, you snipe me. Uh, Paul Reed. I actually went on a podcast with Josh Lloyd this morning. Um, that'll mm-hmm. be coming out tomorrow. Uh, we talked about Paul Reed. I called him out um, for having Paul Reed too high in his rankings. Had him at around the 103, 104 mark. Um, and um, in the end, he agreed that that was too high. So that uh, that was an interesting conversation. You guys should tune in for that when that comes out tomorrow um, as I get ready to determine my next pick. What I really don't want uh, to do here is... Uh, what I really don't want to do here is take Trey Murphy because... As much as I think he's a quality pick in this zone, in this particular format, I do not, I would not advise taking him. Uh, maybe with your last pick to stash in your IR um, because that's just the equivalent of someone on the wire anyway. Um, but yeah, in a nutshell, I'd, um, uh, I'd steer clear of taking him just because he's going to be out. Um, they've sort of got it projected as coming back toward the end of November, but we all know that that could push later. And if he's coming back mid December, um, and you're taking him here, I think um, you're sort of leaving a hole in your roster that you might not be able to fill off the wire. Uh, all right, there goes PJ. I uh, purposely took him out of my queue so people would not do that, but um, they've done it anyway. Leaving me with not a lot of options um, for big man stats here, which is frankly irritating. There is one which I can obviously talk about because I'm picking before you. Like there is, if you really want to take a crack, Kristen Woods hanging around. Yeah, I thought um, you were going to say that. Uh, I did catch my eye there. Don't love him as a player. Like, um, I don't, don't know either. Remember you? Yeah, but with Davis, it, we assume Davis will miss a little bit of time, right? At the, at the very least, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm considering him. I'm considering him, but then I also wouldn't mind some points at this stage just to. I don't, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take Matherin. I'm, I'm bloody punning rebounds by at this point. And field goal. Really should get my blocks up. And you know what? My turnovers are actually pretty good. Uh, made a hash of this. I'm not. Am I on the clock yet? Yes. All right. Obi Toppin goes. Uh, all right. What am I going to do here? All right. Got Josh Richardson up the top of the projections. When I turn on the punt rebounds, he goes up even higher. Herb Jones. 
Not going to give me any points. Norm. Tybal. What do I really need the most? Rebounds and blocks. Where's some blocks? Pat Williams. Hmm. Whoops. 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 Going to undo that one, guys. Sorry. As I talk about uh, letting it um, uh, time out and uh, taking trade, I just did that to me myself. Um, so that's undone that. Now, where did I say Williams? Patrick. All right. Who else we got? We got. Uh, who else is going to give me some blocks here? Uh, we got. Patty Williams, we've got uh, Jaden McDaniels. Really need someone who's going to give me some uh, some decent numbers with some points. None of those characters left on the board there. All right. Uh, all right, let's go with maybe... Uh, all, right, let's, all right, let's leave it at Pat Williams. That'll do. I'll see if Herb gets back around to me. Now that I've said that, he won't. But um, uh, yeah, of course not. Because <laughs> the next pick. Um, <laughs> all right. I, I I was looking at Patrick Williams as well at that at, at my pick. Um, he he. I feel like he he has a chance of beating this number quite comfortably. Maybe even by twenty spots and entering, sneaking into the top hundred if he can just get to maybe like. Instead of one block, like 1.2 blocks, we know how much of a difference a, a little amount like that can make in, in overall rankings as well. So, yeah, yeah I love that pick. Um, yeah, I, I don't love it, honestly. Um, and there goes Josh Hart, who would have been interesting for me. No, I don't love it there. I've had Pat Williams in different formats, uh, more or less, uh, since the start of the season. Uh, sorry, since he was drafted, I should say. Uh, yeah. It's been a letdown every year. He, I know he's still young. Uh, he was the he was the youngest rookie in his draft class. He was, only, I think, he'd only just turned eighteen when he got drafted. Um, so he's still young. He's just the same age as a lot of the guys coming in in this rookie class. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if him and the Thompson twins are essentially the same age. Um, but um, you know, I don't love it there because he's sort of he's sort of burnt. He just I mean, I, I watch his games and he's very passive um, and he just doesn't uh, doesn't look like he's getting it together to me, um, to be honest. Like, I know he's got all the attributes that make him a good prospect and he's sort of, um, uh, you know, he's got all of those um, factors going for him that suggest that he could pop. Uh, I, just don't, I just don't really see it, honestly. Yeah, but again, at that, at that pick, right, your, your, your risk is baked in. Like, you could chuck him out if he doesn't, if from your team, if he doesn't do well in the first two, three weeks, and you can play the wire, right? So, oh, true. But with some with a pick like that, it's like the way I sort of view it is it's more of a so pick like 11, 12. It's sort of like you're taking them to hold them for a bit longer, right? So they're, they're upside flyers, but they're the type of guy, like for instance, that's where I was taking Jalen Williams last year with pick maybe 12. Mm, wow, that's a good pick. Right, uh, but he just had all the the right um, uh, setting uh, to be able to kind of um, flourish in OKC. But you know, there was numerous times within those first two months of the season, November December, where it was like, do I drop him? 
couple of leagues, I dropped him, picked him back up. Um, but that's that's sort of what I'm looking at in those um, 11, and, 11 and 12. And I don't know, you can't really in this format where the finals are starting uh, in January afford to sort of take that approach. So I guess you're right. Taking, taking these last four picks, you pretty much expect to cycle them all through um, your roster. Um, and I guess that's the danger of sort of relying on these projections too much is that you try and make up for lost ground rather than taking uh, the upside swings. Um, and as I look at my team, absolutely hemorrhaging field goal percentage and rebounds. But actually, a couple of these teams above me, I'm still beating when it comes to field goals. Um, Emma's lost her top spot uh, to Booker. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, what are you thinking uh, as we come up here to our next picks? Yeah, and, and what you mentioned right now about standings, right? If you're using any tool, whether it's Monster or any other tool that tracks drops, right? It does tend to skew your projections in terms of players that are initially projected to, to do well, right? And and it it sometimes discourages us from looking at those flyer picks towards the last rounds because those those people are not those players are not projected to be high. Uh, so that's always something to keep in mind, right? If you're picking up those flyers in the last two rounds, if you're picking up, let's say, uh, Jarris Walker, for example, if he goes off the board, right, you think he's, he can win the job off right from top end, then that's fine because that's that, that's a flyer, right? And that, that's something to, to keep in mind when looking at these draft trackers. For me at the moment, yeah, like Keontae George, for example, right, That that is a pick which may not look the best in standings, but it's actually a good flyer pick at this stage if he wins that job outright and gets 30 minutes. Yeah, well, I've got the most boring guy at the top of my queue who I'm definitely not taking, but who I desperately need for my team, uh, Ibiza Zubac. Uh, I think I am going to go Schroeder here, though. And the rationale there is, I mean, he's the starting point guard in Toronto. Uh, he's going to get assists. He's perpetually underrated, tends to outperform uh, where the analysts have him year on year. Um, and um, I think he does it again this season. And coming off the back of, uh, I think he was the MVP of the actual World Cup, I think he's a fitting addition to my squad here. Hmm. All right, there goes Zubak with the next pick. I feel like people are trolling me here, taking the guys that are in my queue, like, directly before me, but I know they're not, but... It does feel that way when it happens. Uh, all right. Your deep concentration. You took uh, Josh Richardson. You want to walk yeah. me through that one? Uh, just, I was just looking at it, right? Even though I did get a few big men for rebounds and blocks, I'm still quite quite weak in that. Like, not not nearly, I think, mid, not even middle of the table, like, potentially, like, back end of the table on that. So, just leaning into not considering those right now, then obviously Richardson, as you were mentioning in the last round, he pops up a lot uh, if you're punting rebounds and punting blocks. So at pick, what, 140, I feel like 141, that, that's fine. If he if he gets the starting job, which I assume he does, then he'll give this value, maybe like 20 spots on this on top if he if he really can, um, can make that roll his own. So, yeah, I'm happy with it. I was looking at Keldon as well. Uh, at that spot, just because again, you know, that that kind of scoring, even if he's in a six-man role, it's 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 good to have. Yeah, well, there's two point specialists that have come off the board back to back, Calden and Sexton. Uh, 
where's Sohan? Is he gone? He has. All right, there you go. He has to Booker D. Book Booker on his 23. These guys are they are taking uh or they have taken a lot of the sort of more interesting young guys that I like to take around this area. And that has meant that uh, I need to start considering pivoting and going in the opposite direction there because the value might not necessarily be with the with the youngsters. Yes, that, that, that does happen sometimes. You just got to know your league, right? You got to know like other people in your league, not, not this one in particular, but anyone who's drafting. Like you got to know, like, are the people going to jump for upside and pick players or are they going to take those safer guys first so that it leaves you upside at the end? Ooh, back to second here. That's Carl's projections. What's Josh got me at? Oh, Derek Lively. Well done, Emma. Yeah. Damn. He might be starting, huh? You're going to find I out next blocks. week. She knows I need blocks. Uh... I like that pick a lot. Uh, Mike Conley was also hanging around here. Nothing exciting about him, but he potentially beats this by 20 spots as well. As I come up to my pick, I was looking at Aaron Gordon. I was looking at Mike Conley, but they're gone. So now, oh, they're I need to... yes. Oh. So now I need to pivot my thinking to. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't love my love this pick, but feel like. The guy in my queue. Who is it? Uh, let's see who you take here. I, th- I, th- I bet you it is. All right, I'm done. Kyle Anderson? Karis no. Levert. Well, that's bold. Are you expecting him to be better than he was last season? Watch Big Girls Don't no. Cry. Uh, watch him yeah. here just troll me and take um, Ando. Actually, he, he hasn't trolled me at all. He took Zach Collins when I wanted him. I, I didn't have him on my on my board. Uh, he took Zubak directly after me. No, nah, totally reasonable. He's not trolling me at all. Um, tell me about Karras. Why Why Karras? The guard depth on that team um, is is not is, is quite, quite thin. Uh, I think he still gets 30 minutes off the bench as a six-man, 29 minutes off the bench. And in a punt rebounds and punt blocks build that my team is, is, is leaning into at the moment, he'll give you points. His percentages are his percentages, but I don't – I have a cushion there in my, in, my, in my free throws and field goals to be okay with that. So for that points, for those assists, for those threes, um, and potentially maybe he gives you 0.9 steals a game, one steal a game. Uh, for those reasons, I feel like he, he makes he makes sense. And again, it's the second last pick, so I can always cycle him through. Somehow, Nikola Vucevic. Oh, okay, yeah, I see why. Yeah, Vuk. He's oh, like my worst ranked player when I factor in the the categories. I'm basically punting here. Um, I'm going to take Kyle Anderson here. I hate it uh, as a as a pick in this range, but he does bring me the assists and the steals and a few blocks. And that's what I sort of desperately need that um, that stat set there. Um, so that's who I've got there. Um, I assume that was auto drafted onto my team. Yes, I was just looking very closely at Pible there. Um, he's gone off the board next. Sean Holmes comeback season. Who do you who do you think has a better season, Lively or Holmes? I, I know who you're going to say. Lively. It's quite. Yeah. I mean, it just. I, and I was big on Holmes years back, right? When he was putting up those top fifty, top sixty numbers in Sacramento. I just don't know how he fits into their their plans. Um, let's see. Let's see what happens in the preseason. I know they're playing Minnesota next week on Friday. I reckon a Saturday. 
So it'll be interesting to see what Jason Kidd puts out there. He's talked about Prosper as well as uh, liveliest starters. So let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I don't trust the word that comes out of Jason Kidd's mouth myself. Um, all right, I'm in second here uh, according to these rankings. I'm losing uh, by four five uh, rebounds. Um, okay, steals. Steals are the swing factor for me here. So anything with uh, anything with steals and reasonable points. That's why Tybal would have been a good option for me. Brooksy, uh, Walter's taken Brooksy. Um, I actually like that pick uh, at 13. I think we could see a bit of a new attitude, uh, Brooks, um, this season. Um, maybe a bit humbled um, through because of the sort of uh, the whole experience that he's kind of gone through um, uh, over the off. Uh, over, well, yeah, I mean, when uh, Memphis said they're absolutely not going to take him under any circumstances. Um, I think that would have been quite humbling for him. And then he obviously had the redemption. Absolutely. I mean, for him, I mean, how good would you feel getting that $80 million contract and then having the 40-point game in um, the World Cup versus United States? Like, I don't know whether that humility that I was just talking about is just completely evaporated after those two things or it sort of stayed there and that was that humility was the reason for those two well not the reason for both the, the contract but the reason for the for the great performance in the world cup i just think with a different like a change of scenery um he could be a bit more disciplined could know his place a bit more i think with a strong coach um which i obviously do have there in houston uh we could see a bit more of a disciplined brooks who doesn't think he's uh doesn't think he's the the guy that needs to take all the shots on the team. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm fine with him at that spot. No worries at all, right? And if he can rein it in, he could give you value at that spot. What's interesting, though, I'm, I'm keen to hear what you think. For uh, Brooks, the pick, um, Leibad, if I'm pronouncing their name right, follow it up with James Wiseman. Now, that is... Uh, it's something I haven't really seen, even in the last round of drafts, because there's still a lot of flyer people available, like Jarris Walker. You know, I'm looking at him. Potentially, Javon Carter is available. Naz Reed, Isaiah Stewart. This, there's a lot. Um, what do you think of that pick, Wiseman? Uh, I definitely see the logic there, uh, but I don't like the pick because I think James Wiseman gets he's draws a short straw uh, in Detroit. I know that he's a former over number, uh, overall number one pick. I know that he uh, is a freak athlete. He does have some skill. Uh, I just don't think that with Duran there, with Stewart there, uh, with Bagley there, that he's going to get any run. Uh, he's going to get basically no run. He's going to be a bat, like a backup or a second backup. Um, I think that they are going to... Um, I think they're going to minimize him and I think it's going to I think it's going to be more and more minimization as the season goes along. This is basically like a contract year for him as well. So he's got his extension eligible going into this year. Uh, I think that um, they might actually be motivated um, not to not to play him so much so that they can potentially retain him as a backup on a lower contract. 
I just don't. I just don't see it. The, the front court's way too crowded, and that's the reason I don't take uh, Duran either, uh, or Stewart, or um, or Bagley. Not that I would take Bagley anyway. Um, just uh, flicking over to my pick, and then we'll get to your pick, which I don't mind. But um, so I've got sort of two or three late round flyers that I like to take. Suggsy's one of them. Another one's Malik Monk, uh, who I think is going to have a better season than consensus. Um, I went with Suggs because he brings me the steals, which is what I needed for my build. So that was an easy choice. And you took Javon Carter. Walk me through why you think he's going to have a better season um, than someone like Kobe White, who went uh, with the second last pick of the draft. I wanted Suggs and and that that was taken away from me. Um, But for Javon Carter... You wanted the steals. Or... uh, I did. I, and I feel like he has that upside, right? Like he could get a 32-minute role and then if, if Gary Harris is shipped off, as he's in a he's in a contract. I think he's in a uh, last year of his contract as well, so he could get shipped out. Um, and then 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 Suggs walks into a 30-minute role at the two-guard, right? Which is great. And we know he can give elite steals in the minutes that he can he, he plays. So I wanted him. The reason I took Javon was like, I, I spoke about this in the, in the pod with, with Noah a few days ago. That Chicago, there's there's too many point guards there. I would not want to look at either one of them. I don't want to look at a Cruz. So I don't want to look at a Javon, really, um, or a Kobe White or a Dusumnu, right? But in terms of who I think is the best place to win that number one, uh, the point guard role is Javon Carter because of the, the way they brought him in and the money they've paid him. So I'm happy to take a crack at it to see first few weeks of the season. Can he can he win that job? Can he get 30 minutes? If he does, he'll give me assists and steals. Cool. If he doesn't, he's gone. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you've obviously made the right pick there because in that I was sitting up at second and you were sitting at around fifth, uh, according to Josh's projections. And then after that last round, that's that script has flipped around. I am now at fifth and you are at second. Um, so interesting to consider what it is about um, Carter versus uh, Suggs um, that has caused that that flip. Let's see how close we are on some of these statistics here. Um, when I look at how I would track against you, slightly behind in points, uh, further behind in rebounds and uh, and threes, um, and then you've got me quite handily on assists. So very, very interesting. It must be a case of points. Um, what's Javon um, projected at scoring uh, in terms of points this season? I don't know if you can see no, it. I there. don't think it's going to be more. I think Suggs it's like 11, 10, 10, 11 points. 11 yeah. points. Interesting. Amazing how some um, some stuff at the edges can really make all the difference. Let's have a quick look at these teams. Um, and I'll just quickly roll through the one by one. Um, so I think Emma really had a strong draft here. Very strong punt points build. Um, she made sure she loaded up on her assists and steals. Um, but her, her three sort of lagged behind a bit um, versus where she'd want them. Uh, and as always happens um, on some of those builds, um, really sort of missing out on um, rebounds and blocks there. So uh, maybe one less point guard, one more big man um, would, have, would have been really useful for her. Um, I think if I'm rolling through her picks, uh, I really like Drew at 49. I know some analysts are cautioning against taking him um, uh, inside the, I guess, the first four rounds. And I know that's technically the fifth round. Uh, but, you know, it, I just see more of the same from him on the Celtics. 
Um, I know that he's got um, uh, other quality players around him, um, you know, Tatum, uh, Prozingis, um, uh, uh, Jalen Brown, who are all going to demand the ball. But he's not a high-usage player. I think he'll make it up in other areas. He might get you more steals. Um, he might get you... Um, um, uh, he'll get you good a field goal percentage. I, I don't mind that pick there. Also, think Towns at um, at twenty five is really strong. I know that he's projected lower than that, uh, but I sort of sense a bounce back for him. Uh, moving on to uh, and then the rest of the draft. Uh, I think the, we said lively. Um, what do you think of um, uh, Alleg Fereffa's team? Uh, give me a couple of picks of his that you liked and a few that you didn't. Yeah, I think uh, Cunningham in, in round two, that's obviously something that's been trending upwards uh, as we've been in drafting, we're starting drafting season and I feel like his ADP will come in and it'll be around this um, towards uh, when we actually draft for money leagues. I do like uh, him getting uh, Kessler in round five as well. Um, I was never a fan of Kessler going in the top 20, top 25, but at where, uh, where Allegra got Kessler, that is good value. Um, and in terms of for the final roundish picks, like yeah, Derek White fell as well, like to round eight, almost it was the end of round eight, which yesterday this would not be happening. And I feel given how thin the, the Boston rotation is, there's only six guys who are potentially playing or maybe seven. Um, he will still get about 30 minutes and he'll be around this value. So I feel like that's good as well. In terms of last last round flyers, um, yeah, Kobe White, another one of those Chicago guards. Let's see if he wins the job outright. Uh, Aaron Gordon, coming back to our Denver topic on how when you took Jamal Murray, I feel like he's he's going to have to do a lot more this year as well. So that's fine as well. Um, we might have to burn through these a bit faster, but um, yep. I did love those bridges and the white pick from um, Algaref, Algafref. Um, the Lack Bear. The Lack Bear, let me have a look. Um, bridges there with the one playoff game is a bit, uh, is, uh, is a bit rough. Um, probably would have let him fall down a bit. Um, Gafford uh, in the ninth round is pretty strong. Um, I love that I saw a Thompson pick because obviously I was going to take him there too. Um, even though it's the tenth round and typically a bit early for those flyers, I, I did like that. Um, obviously, I'll just I'll just run through your team. The Bane pick I think is super strong. Um, you knew that I was going to take him, uh, <laughs> and, and you went ahead and took him anyway. I, I thought it was maybe a bit high for, for Mark Williams, but on second thought, um, at that point in the draft, not too bad. And Cam Johnson there is, a, is strong. Getting Ben Simmons so late, um, he's been going as early as the 70s um, in some of these mocks, uh, well, some of the draft-only leagues. Uh, pretty good. They're, they're probably my phase from you. Um, give me a couple of players here on the big girls, um, don't Kawhi team. Tell me tell me which of his picks you like the most and uh, or, or, the, or the least. Zach Collins, I think round nine, definitely. I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I like the flyer on um, on Obi Toppin as well. See if that works yeah. out. I'd, I'd like these two in particular. I think Zubac and all those are sort of stock standard late round. We know what we're getting with those people, but these two picks I like a lot. For me, it's it's Anthony Simons um, in the sixth round there. I think that's uh, I think oh, that's, yeah, that's strong. Um, I think he could outperform that significantly. Um, and he's, he's, I think he's still underrated as we go into the season. And now that um, the, the roster's sort of cleared out for him, wow, uh, he could really have a big um, season. Which of my picks did you like or hate? Um, give, me, give me a couple. You took, you took a few guys from me, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was looking at Jamal Murray. 
I was looking at Vooch. I was looking at Austin Reeves. Therefore, I love all these three picks. Towards the end of the rounds, I was looking at Shaden Sharp. Love that pick as well. There, he has potential That's to beat this. Uh, I know, and I know you're not a big fan of the Patrick Williams pick just because of your experience with him. But at that that stage in round eleven, I feel like that that is a great pick. Um, Suggs as well towards the, towards the end part of it. Uh, I guess the only one which is interesting is like Jackson in, in round two. But again, you got him towards the end of round two, so I'm I'm fine yeah. with that. And his his blocks as well as like he's not hurting you in free throw percentage, which is the key element to watch when you're getting these big block guys. Like Kessler kills your free throw yeah. percentage. He doesn't kill it because he doesn't take that many, but he's not good at it. Whereas and Jackson also, is. So and also like the format, right? Jamarant's out for basically twenty five games. Yeah, the whole of the. Uh, like this phase one. So Jackson's going to get a bit more run. So I actually like him in this format quite a bit. Um, Whale, 529. Kawhi, a bit early versus where he's been going in the draft only, but totally fine there. Um, It's definitely the Jamarant pick that sticks out here. Basically no point in taking him unless you've got like a super, super strong, you're like leaps and bounds ahead of um, your competitors um, which 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 I don't think um, Whale is. Um, so I think Jar was just a bit of a waste there and he would have uh, f- figured up higher on the projections should he not have taken him. Uh, but I do like this Peyton Watson pick. Um, I do like that pick. Um, uh, Denver, very, very thin um, this season. Um, not a lot of depth. And I think Peyton's going to be playing every night and uh, he's got a good fantasy profile. Moving on to Tropics, um, give me a couple of players here that you like, uh, where they were picked, or or you didn't. Pool and Pool and Claxton, I, I love those two picks. I was looking at Pool in that round as well. Um, feel like he can he can beat this number. And Claxton, this this is probably one of the latest. I spoke about that earlier as well in the draft. Like mm. him a lot. Another one which uh, which I do. I mean, Rashawn Holmes again. I don't want to fall too much because a second last pick, but I don't potentially see that working out. Uh, but it might. Uh, Jeremy Grant at at in in that round seven, I like that a lot as well because he's he's going to get his shots up. Yeah, for me, Sadiq Bay in the ninth round was too early, but I agree with everything you said. And Paul Reed, I think it's still a fraction high, but um, it's right on the borderline of uh, where I'd start considering. I'd rather get him where I was getting him early in the year, a month or two ago, around twelve thirteen. But he's not falling that far, so if you want him, that's where you're going to have to grab him. Now, look, moving forward to Jay, um, having a quick skim through here. I uh, really like the, the Rosen in the fifth round there. I mean, that's that's super strong. We're talking uh, we're talking uh, pick 57 there for DeRozan. That's just, uh, that's just insane value. Uh, but this Keegan Murray pick, I think that's a fraction high in the eighth round there. And uh, Tyus Jones uh, in the seventh round. I know he's a starting point guard at Washington, but... Um, Mm, I still, yeah, actually, will get you a lot of assists. I just think you could have waited a round or two for that, um, and then and taken him there. Um, moving into the last three teams, uh, tell me what you liked or you didn't like about Booker's uh, uh, picks. I can see something there that really jumps off the page at me. For me, I think Maxi in round six. That is oh, yeah, that is tremendous good, yeah. there. That is that is great value there. I think his uh, some of his later on picks I loved as well, like Eason and Sohan. Like yeah. these are good upside picks, and he's got them outside his starting lineup, so he's got them outside pick ten, like eleven and twelve. So I do like those yeah. as well. Uh, I like yeah, I think that, that, that's 
round nine. Yeah, like that was about. pick 107 for Jalen Green uh, on the on the Rockets. Um, I mean, he's going to get you yeah, 23, 24, 25 points a night. You just don't get points contributions like that in the ninth round. So that was that was really strong. Um, yeah, I probably should have taken him instead of Wiggins. Um, but you live and you learn. Uh, Walter, um, aka Lee Bat. Um, uh, we discussed Wiseman in the last round has been a bit of a waste, but who cares? It's the last round. Um, few rookie, like sort of um, younger players up the top of the board here, Edwards, Barnes and Banchero. Anything there that really jumps off the page at you as something to commend or to um, or to uh, um, to shit all over? <laughs> I think like I like Chris. I mean, we've talked about Wiseman. I like Kristen Wood in round 12. I've, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's a good flyer with, with potential to jump up 40 spots, 50 spots even if something were to, if Davis was to miss games and still provide you standard league value. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty pretty solid team actually. Uh, as you look at up and down, and last one is B Pink. Um, what do you reckon? Uh, oh, it's actually it's my 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 turn to go. All right, so he's got Trey Murphy in round twelve. I assume that was intentional. I missed that when we were. I must have been uh, looking at basketball monster. Uh, as we discussed, probably not going to contribute much in phase one. Um, but there is a chance that he sort of comes back mid-November, in which case you stash him on your IR for four weeks and you get maybe a top 70, 80 guy, maybe top 100 guy um, when he returns, um, although he might probably would ease into it a bit. Um, I'm not a big um, Jaden McDaniels um, f- uh, fan. Even in the later rounds, um, round 11 I feel is a little bit too high. I think Clay Thompson stars on the wane. Um, but I do... I do like these other picks. I think taking Booker at 13 was really bold, but I like it. I think he's going to have a big season. Uh, what's your thoughts to, to wrap up on uh, on B-Pink's um, roster there? Yeah, I think they they really, the last the fifth to seventh round picks in particular, I really like, like Franz Wagner, Tyler Hero there, and Markel Fultz. Those three middle round, you know, the solid players that, that he's taken. Okay, like, just towards the end of the draft, uh, just this is, again, just in people's styles, right? Getting McDaniels, Kevin Herter, and Al Horford, we know what they're going to give, but there isn't much upside in them versus what we've seen with other people, you know, who've got Christian Ward or, for example, Booker, who's got Eason and Sohan. I feel like these are the picks that make a difference in what would be a league winner versus these safer-ish picks, right? Especially in a league of this size. Uh, that's something to keep in mind. Like how you were mentioning earlier, how you got Jalen Williams really late last year. Those are the type of moves that potentially can win leagues. So that's just one point to note um, in terms of last round flyers and the way to think about them. Absolutely, mate. So anyway, I've got to uh, I've got to thank you for coming on today, um, Karen. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you for this past two hours. Uh, anybody that's still in the room, I, uh, still watching us live, I can see there's 24 people watching us live. Um, well done for keeping uh, online all the way through uh, this uh, discussion. Um, some things to sign off with. Our redraft leagues are open in the Discord server. You can join our Discord server from our Twitter handles. My Twitter handle is at HiddenUpside. Um, Karen's Twitter handle is at Styles of Beyond with two Ds at the end, at Styles of Beyond with two Ds. Um, you can also join our Discord via our FBI Twitter handle at FBIBasketball.com. 
Uh, we've got head-to-head and roto leagues available, 20 buck leagues, 50 buck leagues, $100 leagues. Um, there's room in all of them. Uh, there's an auction. There's a deeper um, There's a deeper league that you can join, 16 teams, um, that still has a few spots left. There'll be more leagues um, dropped um, throughout this week. Um, we will. We might do another World Cup show uh, in the next few days. Don't hold us to that. We'll see how this video goes and see what the feedback is. Um, check out our website, fbibasketball.com, and uh, potentially most importantly at all, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, that really does help us out. Um, so from me... Thanks for thanks for listening. Um, thanks for joining us for this mock draft. Hopefully, it's helped um, all you budding um, World Cup draftees with your strategies. Uh, I know it's clarified a few things for me. Um, so, signing off for now. Take it easy. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.